Welcome everyone to 2023 season episode 37 of the Team Blending Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney Racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news, notes, and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 teams run in the Bank of America Roval 400 this past weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Steve, welcome back. The round of 12 is over. We already knew Ryan was locked in. So I'd like to say kind of went into this race with all the cares in the world just floating away. He didn't need to do anything special. Didn't need to chase points. Um they could try some interesting strategies. They can get off sequence. I feel like we saw a lot of it and uh, made for an interesting race overall and maybe not an exciting finish for the the 12 crew, but uh, I think they've focused forward already onto to Las Vegas and beyond. Except for the qualifying uh, you know, position that they end up with, um, the, the weekend was really solid for them for a road course and uh, performance was pretty good really at the car and uh Later on, we look, I'm looking at lap times and stuff like that. So, you know, it look, it bodes well for next year when they get to the next road course, I think they've improved some things and they'll be, uh, in better shape next year. Um, the only, yeah, the only thing to look out for was whether or not they can get an extra bonus point or two for stage win or the five bonus points for the, for the win. That would be the, the ultimate. Um, but uh, it was fun because everybody was real loose and, uh, that's kind of a good thing. They were real loose on the radios feeling, you know, feeling like, like they're ready for the next round already. I think you're right. And I mean, I don't want to, sp- I mean, nobody listening to this have it, has, doesn't know what the finish was, but you're talking about how they've improved a lot as the year has gotten on the road courses. And just that looking at the finishes at Coda, he was 21st at Sonoma. He was 31st um, at Indy 13th, Watkins Glen, Watkins Glen 9th, and then 12th this past week. So there's been kind of marked improvement over the last several races there, especially with kind of the low that they were at early in the year, especially in, I mean, they even ended, I mean, if you go back further, I mean, Indy last year, which he is, it's a miss, uh, misrepresents how that race went, but you know, they're 26 there, but they kind of got punted at the end, 24th at the Glen, 26th at the Roval. So they had one, two, three, four, five, five straight finishes there on road courses that were 20th, 21st or worst. And then they've slowly gotten better and better. And if they can keep building on that over the off season, I think they just need to keep learning more about the car, learning more about the feel that he needs. Because uh, prior to that, uh, with the old car, he was on a run of, you know, several straight races in a row with top tens, top fives. Okay. And- yeah. So, so what'd you um, think of the, the racing overall? There's, so the schedule came out last week, lots of people uh, really, ex- well, I don't want to say excited, the uh, a vocal minority. I don't even know a vocal group of people were excited when they heard Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kind of confirm a rumor that the Roval might be going away next year and the schedule comes out. Roval still on the schedule. So he's, you know, Twitter or, you know, social media can be very negative. Sometimes a lot of people kind of were upset about that. The race, uh, this race last year, Jeff Gluck's poll was like in the single digits or something stupid uh, as to whether it was a good race or not. 
And so I kind of felt like people went into this race with really low expectations. And um, I, I can tell you last year's was boring for me just because they were playing the points game. And by the end of it, Ryan and Joey had to run in the back all day after, you know, flipping the stages early to get points. So it wasn't that most exciting of a race, but I don't know. I mean, for me, a race at this track, there was drama at the end because of the multiple restarts. I think for this place specifically, having the, uh, the, the stops coming back at the stage breaks helped in my opinion, helped the racing. But um, if Ryan would tell you, even he said on the radio a couple of times, you know, he's kind of stuck <laughs> at different points. So mm-hmm. I've gone on a very long diatribe saying that I think the racing is okay. Um, I am a fan of the Roval and glad it's coming back, but what yeah. is, what are Steve's thoughts on that? That's exactly where I'm at. I know a lot of people were like, Oh, boo, get rid of it. And, you know, I read a lot of different, you know, it shouldn't go away. And there's two reasons. One, if you're going to make it a playoff cutoff race, it's perfect because it is mayhem, uh, uh, as Jordan says, team chaos. Uh, you know, Jordan Miyake says it's team chaos. It's perfect. Um, and bringing the stage breaks co- helped cause that too because you had guys racing for the win versus guys who were racing for the points and trying to get the points at the end of both stages was harder to do than, you know, because of where some cautions fell. And it had all of that. And it came down to the last lap, even though you were looking at a 14 or 15 point gap on the cut line, anybody could spin out and spin out. And here's the best part and not have a caution and spin out and lose the 10 or 12 positions. while somebody gains two or three other positions and all of a sudden, boom, you know, somebody's in and somebody's out. So I like all that. And, um, without anybody getting hurt in a wreck, you know, that kind of thing. And they change the restart zone, and that helps it totally. Um, because now, if there is a mistake at the front, it's only one or two guys that have the, have an issue, not twelve guys into into that uh, turn there at turn one. So, yeah, I'm gr- I'm another guy. You can count me as glad it's coming back. Um, Jeff Gluck's poll I, poll I checked a little bit ago was sixty percent. That's not too a bad. Good race. So it's way better than last year's poll, and um, you know, I or fifty eight percent or something like that. So yeah, I mean it's. It's uh, definitely uh, a good spot for it. If they moved it out of where it is in the schedule, it might not be as good of a thing. But, you know, you see a road course, you see a street course, and this is neither. And yet it's it's a combination of like three things. You know, they say that the the turns on the, in the inner part of the track are similar to the street course at Chicago, some of them the way they yeah. are. And then it is a road course because of those kind of things, but it's also the track, the regular track. It's such a hybrid that you're using the track, except for the chicane, um, down the end of the backstretch, you're using turns one and two, getting up to speed. You're, you know, you get through that chicane well enough and you're using three and four, get it, trying to get it up to speed. So it's got a combination of all those things. And the only other thing I could think of similar that they have raced on in the past is Daytona road yep. course you know and um th- I-, I loved when they went to that for for the clash there for for a short period of time i, I wish they would bring that back um in some manner somewhere along the line um except for having chase hunt ryan at the end of it <laughs> um th- i thought the racing was good with that too so you know I-, I i like the fact that it's a combination of all those things and if you're a fan and you're going to a race um 
unlike some of the road courses, this is one of my wife's complaints uh, is of like going to road America or something like that is you can't see everything. You may find a TV somewhere that's by where you're sitting and, and it might show you some of the action on the other side of the track, but you basically get when they go by you and that's it. Whereas in this type of situation, you can go to Charlotte, you sit up high like you would for the regular race and you can see almost yep. everything. So it gives you road course, but yet it gives you stadium type of, of situation as far as viewing. So I, yeah, I don't think it should go away. I know that, you know, the, the racing has been good on the oval, but you know, I don't know. I like it. I'd agree. Um, we talked about this a little bit in last week's episode, but the best part, and you mentioned the chaos with the point situation, best part was not having to sweat that out kind of like we did last year and even years in years prior too, because it's just so scary when Kyle Bush was leading the race. It's funny the way the points would swing when Kyle Bush was leading the race, that cutoff line got incredibly tight mm-hmm. <laughs> between Truex and, and Reddick and uh, Larson and Chastain. Like it would just go within to a couple of points. I think there's a point when people were back to just plus two minus two. And then as soon as, you know, when Kyle Bush lost the lead, then it ballooned back up to 15, 10, 15, 20 points at one point when people are like, oh, what's the big deal? These guys are fine. And it's like, yeah, and then Kyle Bush took the lead again, yeah. tightened right back up again. And they were kind of falling along on TV with uh, the five car who, you know, his crew chief Cliff Daniels was being really good about explaining to Kyle, like whether he needed to push or mm-hmm. back off and what the point situation was. And uh, there was a point when he was you know, saying, you know, we're really not in that good of a spot. You're really going to have to push here. And I'm looking at the, as they run and I'm like, he's like plus 15 plus 20. And I'm like, Oh, if we take out, if we just move Kyle Bush all the way back down that he's like, Oh, he's only like plus one or one or two points next to, to Truex. I think at that point in the race. So, mm-hmm. so glad Ryan, I'm sure they were too. Uh, I think if, you know, listening to the scanner um, from what I did, you know, in some of the reports, you know, like from Nicole and stuff on Twitter, and what you've said, like you could tell that Josh and Jonathan and Ryan were a little bit more laid back in their approach to this race. And um, they had a little bit more fun with their strategy and, and tried some things. Maybe they wouldn't have like they like I mentioned last year. They had to chase those stage points. Ryan and Joey went and flipped the first two stages, got a bunch of points and then rode around in like 24th, 25th for the rest of the race. And um that was frustrating to watch kind of as a fan, but it's like I knew in the bigger picture at that moment. And obviously what happened with Joey uh, going all the way to Phoenix and winning, you know, that was yeah. a key to his championship and a key to Ryan to move on to that next round. So, yeah, um, yeah it is what it is. I'm all for the Roval. I think, you know, we've put the Coke 600 on our race schedule to go to next year, but uh, we went to the Roval the previous two years and we you know i feel like even like talladega obviously we're gonna have some big fomo from not being at talladega but um it's like every week when that they go to tracks that we've been to and i know they're kind of within our reach to go to i'm like man i wish we were there and this was one of those weekends the weather was beautiful uh the race turned out pretty good there's action there's drama and ryan was already locked in so there wasn't going to be any nerves so um you mentioned uh, the one thing in the weekend that maybe didn't go according to plan was qualifying. And so let's, uh, let's talk about practice and qualifying a little bit. Yeah. Um, Saturday's practice Ryan was in group B. Um, when group A was out there, the 23rd, 23 car and the 45 car were the class of the, of group A, um, the 22 and the two were both in group A and they were like seventh and eighth quick. Um, then the five hit the, hit the wall in uh, NASCAR turn one coming up out of the infield section, um, pretty much destroyed it. They were end up going to backup. Um, the fast five ended up being like the, 
the 23 to 45, 14 to 799 in Group A. Um, so, and actually, it's seven. Pretty good speed there in Group A. Uh, group B here, um, you know, he was, um, you know, early on uh, fourth in the group uh, speed-wise. Uh, but four laps in, he says there's two loose. He was coming in, and they had scraped the wall. Uh, in, in the same same area that uh, Larson hit it, so um, it kind of goes to show you with the some of the guys had a, uh, their car set up like the same way basically and had an issue. Um, about eight minutes to go in the session, they come back up, um, locked up the rears at one point. They ran a lot, nine laps total, um, but um, they get to qualifying here. Group A's top five end up being the forty five, twenty three, twenty, then uh, ninety nine, the twenty two. Um, group B, everyone ran a lap early on. Uh, Ryan was ninth overall with that single lap. Um, you know, about a half a second behind P five of the 54 car, you know, which over the distance of that is really, isn't much, you know, it's just messing up a turn basically. And, you know, they ran, they came back out to run on one at the end there. And it pretty much was about the same time as the, as the earlier one. Uh, he probably could have started a third lap. Um, but he says he really wasn't going to go any faster. Uh, but the top five end up being the 16, the nine, the eight, the 11, and the 54. Um, so Ryan ends up starting 19th and the pole there, we get the uh, 45 on the pole. Uh, the 11 spins on his lap on the back stretch for, for the pole. Uh, you know, so, um, overall, I mean, you know, P, uh, 17, the 22 and a P seven. So it kind of goes to show you with the Penske cars, they still weren't, you know, qualifying we just didn't just didn't go well. Um, so we get to race day. Uh, stage is going to be 25, 50, 109, eight sets of tires, fuel run of about 40 to 43 laps. Um, the five and the 77 to the rear for the backups. Uh, pit stall 41, way down the end of or at the beginning of pit road, depending on who you, who you talk to again. <laughs> uh, the 62 in front of them, the 78 behind. So, sh- but here's another thing too. Um, all these varied strategies, you're never really going to have everybody come down pit road at the same time. Um, but maybe once or twice, um, Roger gets on here, you know, no pressure. He says, make it happen. Right. And Ryan's like, right. Um, mule ends up being spotter number two. Um, I think he posted a picture at one point of where he was up, up on top there. Um, I think Josh, I don't know where Josh was if in, in regards to him. They're, they're both up high, but, um, you know, mule had like a certain section to, to watch. I think they, uh, if there's a point when they're kind of picking on him a little bit too, <laughs> like I was talking about them feeling a little bit lighter and they mentioned like, has anyone heard <laughs> you know, mule John, today? John, <laughs> Jonathan got, yeah. Jonathan messed with him a little bit. He said um, he, early, he was doing a good job. Yeah. Actually, um, uh, at one point before they get started, um, Josh tells me, he says, there's a, there's an ice cream stand and a lemonade stand over there somewhere or something. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I asked Mule after the race, I said, did you ever find the ice cream? He says, no, never found it. You know? So, I mean, yeah, they were, they were at least having a good day and enjoying themselves a little bit. Um, like I said, all the pressure was off. So, um, and, uh, you know, Ryan's like, great, you know, gets on the, on the thing at the beginning there to say, hey, we're going to run our race and try to win it. Um, you know, by the fifth lap, they start off the fifth lap, they're 17th and they're behind the three car, uh, about a half second back and 13 seconds back at the leader, the 45, um, you know, within eight laps, uh, they're still 17th 
and uh and and once again they're only about 16 seconds back so in almost 10 laps they've lost about three seconds worth of you know so really the the lap times weren't real far off from some of the leaders in you know in dirty air he'll you know he says it during the uh, the day the dirty air was kind of tough just behind one or two guys you know and uh, as long as they were within a tenth or two of his his lap times it's hard to get by him um he says that he's got to get out from behind this guy uh been stuck behind him all race i uh, like to do whatever you know um what we talked about and that's a, a message to jonathan about their pit strategy um jonathan comes back because jonathan comes back with a 10-4 here and um at lap 16 they pit and they really were one of the early guys yeah, first yeah and and this kind of like really um later on we're going to find out it really could have worked and it could have worked i'm I'm guessing to a top five but we'll discuss about it when we get to it but uh, it, it really could have worked out well for them uh lap 18 um he's uh, he's 31st but here now everybody in the cycle is starting to come through people are starting to and you know they're going to stay out the stage break too so uh lap 19 he's up to 28th um Lap 23, he's up back up to 17th here. Now he's behind the 34 car. Um, they're and they're talking about saving, saving uh, tires and fuel here. Um, and six cars in front of Ryan have not pitted yet, uh, so they're gonna end up pitting at the stage break. Um, the 45 wins the stage. Uh, Ryan says, We're better than some in front of me. Um, he says, Behind the three, I was just you know, couldn't get by him. Um, but he also said the car felt better than practice, so. Uh, Jonathan says we're staying out here. Uh, we're at P11 with the 20 now ends up leading. Um, now the 20 did something that, like I said later on, Ryan's going to have an opportunity to do the 20. Uh, things that spread out so much that the 20 pitted, and when he came out of the pits, he was still in the top 10. And and then once the cycle, uh, once the uh, caution happens here for the end of the stage, like I said, four or five cars in front of him end up pitting. And he gains all the track position all the way to the front. Um, so we restart lap 30 here. Um, lap 32, he is in 11th. Once again, the 34 and the, uh, with the tw- uh, he's behind the 34 with the 20 leading. Uh, the lap times are within two to three tenths of the leader, you know, on equal tires. So, you know, lap 35, uh, the 48 passes back to 12th. Uh, lap 36, the 17, and the 45 both pass him. He's in the 14th here. And the nine takes the lead out front. Um, at lap 39, the five passes is 15th, but now at lap 40, we're pitting again. Uh, TV had this at like a 10.006. Um, I write, I wrote that down as TV because I'm not sure if at some point we've got a nine second stop during the race here. And I'm not sure which one, but this could have been it. TV might be a little bit different than, than the actual time they take here. Well, the pipe, it was the Pytech, uh, what was it? Three point or nine. Yeah. Nine, nine, three, nine. I think maybe nine, three, something nine, around yeah. there. Yeah. So, um, so they come out, they've started the cycle again for everybody. Uh, they come out 34th here, um, within four or five s- s- laps, people start pitting, uh, by lap 45 is up to 23rd lap 47 is up to 19th. And at lap 48, we get a caution for the 78. And this happens right at the stage end. Um, I think this is where chase Elliott gets kind of messed up, right? Cause he was out and he couldn't pit. Was that yeah? Because the seventy eight was having tire issues, right? And uh, you know there was yeah there was a s- s- section there where you know couldn't get him in there. Um. So at this point, um, 
yeah, I'm sorry. Nine won the stage here. Later on is where where the where the caution happens where he gets caught. Nine wins the stage. Ryan's fifteenth here, and there's nine cars in front that haven't pitted. Uh, you know, Jonathan says staying out. The leader is now the eight, uh, taking the top, and Ryan's up to P six. So we have done all these things now. Now it's a matter of what, where do the if there are cautions, where do they fall during the third stage? versus our strategy. Everybody pretty much has to pit at least one more time. When are we going to pit? How long are we going to hang out? Uh, restarting at lap 54 here, uh, sorts out to seventh here. Um, and then the 99 passes him. He's an eighth. Um, lap 58, the 16 passes for the lead there. And Ryan is eighth, um, almost six seconds back. Um, but Ryan says we're better this run. Uh, lap 65, uh, P8 here. He hangs uh, in for a while. Like yeah. so, I mean, when you're talking about, you know, it just seems like it is difficult to pass, but if you can get the track position, he's able to to defend it pretty much. Yeah. And, and you know, he's only about seven seconds back of the leader, you know, so he's only lost like a second in, uh, what is that? Seven laps. So, you know, they're hanging on to lap times pretty close here. Um, at lap 67, the six pits from 10th position, um, at lap 69, uh, Jonathan says anything suspect that may bring out a caution. We want to come. He says this to Josh. Um, he, and they're faster than the leader by two tenths at this point. Um, the lap 71, the eight pits, uh, the 34 is having the issue. This is where the 34 is having the issue. And there's no caution at first here. And the top seven cars in front of Ryan, all pit Ryan stays out lap 72. He's up to first. And, you know, the question is asked at this point because everybody who had pitted, at that point may still have to come in for gas. They may be a little short on gas, but they all anticipated this caution happening and didn't happen. So now Ryan's out there in the lead. He's got a 22nd lead over, I believe it was the 16 car. Could have been so, so good. Such a good strategy. (laughs) And here's, here's what I was saying. Okay. So Jonathan says to give me eight or nine more laps. um, Then we'll have fresh, fresher tires than everybody else to the end of the race too. Um, and like I said, lap 74, 16 cars tw- over 20 seconds back. And uh, the thing about this is he will, at some point in the next couple of laps, pit from the lead, he'll lose the lead. Okay. He's going to lose the lead, but the gaps are such that he would have probably cycled back in there somewhere in the top five with the fresher tires than everybody he's racing around. If he's racing anywhere near any of those guys and may have been able to get himself even further up there. So this strategy, if it stays green, really would have been great. Yeah. I think Uh, we saw early in the race, it wasn't the same type. It was similar, but the Christopher bell mm -hmm. had ran a little bit longer than everybody else stayed out, had that huge gap pitted, came back out, and ended up getting stage points that he needed in, in right. that. I think it was the first, the first or second first stage. stage. So it was very stage, similar yeah. the way that was working yeah, out. Exactly. So for Ryan, same situation. If it stays green, he probably sorts back out somewhere within the top five. And then, like I said, he'll be have eight or 10 lap fresher tires and everybody too, which is about a two second a lap difference and may have gained some ground on some people early on in that part of the run. But of course, at lap 76, we get a caution for the 11. Doing 11 things. <laughs> He's already solid. He already by got, I don't know if he got stage points in the first stage or whatever, but he was 50 above the cut line to begin with. So at this point, he was locked in. And he does this spinorama 
uh, through the front chicane on the front stretch, and then he gets tagged. I think it was a 77 hit him and uh, pretty much ended his day. But the worst yeah. part is that the worst part is this causes a caution now. And Ryan and Jonathan both are like, oh, man, you know, they're just, you know, because they 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 knew they had a decent strategy to do something. Um, <laughs> Ryan says, well, we will have fresher tires then, you know, um, and, uh, you know, they talk about some damage to the right rear corner, but it's just scuffed a little bit there. Um, so I do go in and pit here. Uh, they, they come back out here and they're 26th. Um, the 16 is now leading here and they restart lap 79. Um, then we get this crash for the three and the seven car. Um, Ryan smashed into the back of somebody here cause everyone was checking up. Uh, but it didn't do any real damage at that point. Um, uh, with the 47 and the 43 spin out, you know, just a bunch of just mayhem here. The lap 80, we get the, yeah, with the lap 80s when we get that caution. Um, so the 16 is leading here. Ryan's up to 22nd with some of this mayhem and restarting a lap. Uh, just about, a, uh, lap 82 here. Um, Ryan and Josh talk about who might be wild trying to get spots here at this point. And, um, Ryan says there might be dr- some drama and, and Josh says, I'm here for it. Um, once again, they're really nice and loose on the radio. Um, there's some communication. I don't know if I've written it all down in here, but, where uh, because of the way they, they communicate, Josh will ask Jonathan something on the other channel. And usually it's about where these guys are in reference to the cut line. And then Josh decides whether or not to tell Ryan so that Ryan, if he's racing at or near some of these guys to kind of like, you know, let them race their race. Um, so Ryan, I think he thought the drama was going to be the one. Well, the that's one and the coming, five are kind of running that a little bit later. That's <laughs> coming up later on. Yeah. This, this was just in general, um, because they were talking like about the eight car. Cause he was up near the front at this point too, for the restart. Yep. So, um, uh, the restart lap 82, uh, by lap 83 is up 21st. And then at lap 84, we had a caution for that 15 car and the 15 foot car had an issue and he found a way to get off of the regular track. But the thing is, is when he did, he ended up at the end of pit road or the access road coming off pit road. So they had to call caution for that. Cause he was stuck there. Uh, John says we're staying he out tried. here. Yeah, he did. He tried. Um, so, you know, we start here and then we get the 99 hitting the two car going, you know, into the 23, pretty much ruining the rest of the 23s day. Uh, Ryan's up to 20th here. Um, but then they restart lap 87. Ryan's all the way up to 16th on this restart by lap 89 up to 15th. Then we get a lap 94 caution for the 99 uh, in a NASCAR turn one wall. I think this is where the 20 car helped him uh, along his way there. Yeah. He kind of just drove through him a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, Ryan's up to 14th through this mayhem. Um, Ryan and uh, Jonathan discuss uh, whether to get tires or not. Um, And they says, uh, Jonathan says the two is probably the call. And Ryan agrees here, and so they stay out. <laughs> so I think that's what two is, but they kind of look we're counting cars and seeing who was coming down pit road and didn't want to give up the track position they had. So uh, Ryan's in 14th on the restart, lap 98. Um, then we get a caution for the 47 on fire. Um, crazy fire. Uh, not that he was casual getting out of the car, but he really didn't get out of the car like the car was on fire. I don't know if he really was just being calm and not you yeah. know, get 
I mean, I think part of it's not being able to see because like it was in, like engulfed in smoke, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting there saying, yeah, saying the same thing. I'm like, come on, man, get out. And then you yeah. see the flames in the middle of the, the windshield and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that's not good. And then he finally does eventually get out of there. So, man, that was, yeah. that's unfortunate on many levels between the passenger um, side door had a yeah. hole burnt through it. Yeah. Uh, so if you see some pictures of that today, it was pretty wild. Um. They're up to 13th here to staying out here. The 16, once again, is leading, and the 8 is in P2. So, yeah, we've got the 8 near the front here on a restart, and he needs the win. Um, this is where Jonathan uh, comes on and messes with Mule a little bit about uh, if he was there or not today because he didn't really – he says he didn't hear much spotting. But to tell you the truth, Mule sounds a lot like uh, uh, Josh on the radio. Yeah. Um, so, you know um, – the choose here, the 16's taking the top. Ryan's taking the top here, and they restart lap 99. Uh, Ryan is battling the three and the 20, but he gets himself up to 12th here. Um, at 104, um, you know, Josh is uh, is finding out about the point situation for the one car and the five car. Now, here it is. Here's the situation. The one is like a car or two behind Ryan, and he's charging pretty well. The five car is racing in front of Ryan. Um, there's like a 13 or 14 or 15 point gap between the two. And that's where the cut line is. Um, so truthfully, if the one car got up there and decided to spin the five car out and cost him 10 to 15 positions, he could move right up on that cut line. Um, and you know, they, they go and Ryan actually lets the one car by here and, uh, you know, <laughs> then the five car pretty much lets the one car by also he's pretty smart about it doesn't want to get wrecked although i don't know if the one would have actually done that or not um but uh josh gets on here on the radio and says well that was anticlimactic yeah <laughs> ryan says yeah i was kind of <laughs> hoping <laughs> ryan was like i was kind of hoping to see something um uh, the last lap of the race there ryan actually passes the five and gets himself to 12th there and the 16 wins the race uh, ryan p12 um, like I said, strategy-wise, if the 11 car does not have his caution and they go a couple more laps and Ryan gets the pit, so- pit stop in before any other kind of caution, I think he cycles out into the top five and with fre- with like 10-lap fresher tires and everybody might have been able to make up a spot or two. So uh, really kind of, you know, really kind of sucks because the strategy was a really good strategy. It's really good. Was really good if the, the caution doesn't fall. Um, but once again, in these road courses, that's what it is. You know, that there's two or three or three or four different strategies, and one caution at the wrong time messes up half the strategy. So, um, great win for 16, too, by the way. You know, AJ, uh, really earned it. Um, because the last couple of laps, they were, he was getting, you know, uh, William was coming, closing in on him, and, uh, he was doing some mirror driving to keep him from passing him. Yeah. I know, um, well, there's two things with that that situation. One, I'm like, here we go again. And I've said it before, absolutely nothing against William Byron. Great guy, um, friend of the Blaney family, obviously. But man, I'm just like, again, once again, he's going to find a way. And honestly, I mean, I think that's just, I mean, I've said it before. I know a lot of these other people have come up, the 11 and, you know, the 17 at, at times during the year is like, who's the championship favorite? You know, the 24, I mean, obviously we want the 12 car to win the championship. And uh, I think they still have some work to do to, to get to that that level of execution every single week. But that the 24 team, I mean, when's the last time they've had a bad week? I think this this round, they were first, second, and second in these races. 
They've won six races more than anybody else. I mean, they just, I mean, I don't know if they don't win the championship. God, that's a huge disappointment for them this year because they are in it every single time on every single type of track. And I was like, here we go one more time. He's going to swoop in here in the last couple laps and steal this. But I've seen AJ, you know, I've watched tons of Xfinity races that he's won. He won the last four straight Xfinity races at the Roval. He didn't win a fifth because he wasn't allowed to run that race because he's a cup driver now. uh, So he, he couldn't compete on Saturday. So he does this like it, a lot of the races that he'll win on these, these road courses, it'll look almost like the guy behind them is catching them a little bit more, but it's, he's doing what you're saying, kind of mirror driving a little bit, managing the gap. He knows like what he's capable of and he doesn't want to kind of drive over his head and make a mistake. And I think there was one, one, I think when he got up onto NASCAR one at one point with maybe like two or three to go, he did kind of get loose a little bit that maybe that, that definitely brought the 24 back to him, but um, the 24 was also sending it into every braking zone and hoping it stuck too. So, um, but that added to the drama. I think that's what we don't see a single digit or low digit uh, Jeff Gluck. It wasn't a good race poll because tons of cautions at the end field was all bunched up. People were driving a little bit over their heads. And I think that's just what you get. And like you said, as far as the schedule goes, if this was early in the season, in the middle of the season, this race would not work. Being a cutoff race, bringing in a little bit of chaos, bringing the stage breaks back, um, stage cautions back, like sets up all those different strategies, flipping it, flipping it a little bit more and giving people more track position more so than if it just played out naturally. So I think it's in a perfect spot. I'm glad the Roval's coming back. I'm sorry for everybody that hates it, but I'm hoping next year um, Ryan's in the same position <laughs> already moving on into the round of eight with a, or just has a huge stockpile of points. And I'd like to see them go for the victory again. And man, they almost pulled it off, or at least they almost, like you said, I think it probably would have been a guaranteed top five finish, mm-hmm. especially with the new tires. So sad yeah. we didn't get to see that, but on the plus side locked in and you want to, you want to go through these point standings now as they, they head into the next round of the playoffs. Yeah. Let's start talking playoffs. So, um, the four drivers that were eliminated in this round were Brad Keselowski, Ross Chastain, Bubba Wallace, and man, Kyle Busch did just about everything he possibly could. Um, I think he even maybe even mentioned post-race, like people thought maybe he could have been even a little bit more aggressive on some of those last restarts. Like if, if it was a Chastain or somebody else out front, a 16 car is probably going into the wall <laughs> at some point on one of those late mm-hmm. restarts. Mm-hmm. But Kyle... Um, as much as people maybe, I mean, people like him a lot better this year than they have in the past, but you know, he's not really that kind of a driver. So he didn't do that, unfortunately, but I mean, did everything he possibly could ended up finishing third, I think. So, um, they tried, tried their best, but he is eliminated now. So that leaves, um, entering this round of eight. Now these next three races, William Byron is your leader at plus 20 Martin Trex jr. The regular season champ is plus 15 Hamlin is in third at plus 11. And then it gets a little bit tighter here. Kyle Larson is in the fourth position plus three. Chris Busher is minus three. So he's the first driver under the cut line. Christopher bell is minus eight. Tyler Reddick is tied with him at minus eight. And Ryan Blaney enters in the final position in the playoffs right now, the eighth position, just minus 10 points. So super, super tight going into this round of the playoffs. And uh, they got a lot of work to do, but I think they've got some tracks that are that are coming up here that, that could be pretty good. 
here's the fun part now. Um, it's just, you know, just like last year, we've got three races to pull this off. You only got, once again, you got to beat four guys. Now, if all three races are won by playoff drivers, then you've got to be that one guy who's got more points than everybody else. But we're going into the first week, only 10 points below the cut line to begin with. Um, so truthfully, you know, climbing over those first couple guys is the biggest thing right off the bat. Get yourself into position, you know, win the race would be beautiful, uh, but get yourself in position and, and, and then same thing. Second, second race of the thing, get yourself a little higher into the position, um, seeing who wins the races. And then that third race, be that guy, be the guy that either is going to win it or be the guy that's going to outpoint everybody else and put the pressure on everybody else. Um, that's the thing here in the next, uh, especially this weekend coming up, start off in the top five, get stage points right off the bat, put pressure on everybody else. Let everybody else make the mistakes. Um, you know, there are cars within this playoffs, you know, the 19 car starts off with, you know, 15 points above the cut line, but the night, what is the 19 car done in the first six races of the playoffs? No top 15 finishes. Yeah. Nothing. And, uh, realistically, unless something happens all of a sudden and something clicks for them, you know, it's going to be tough. Um, the, the 24 car starts off with a good cushion, but he wrecks in the first race. Then what happens? You know, that 20 points can be gone in a heartbeat too to the cut line. Um, uh, you know, so, you know, we're looking at guys who run well at the, at the, at the first track at Vegas and, you know, Ryan runs really well there. Um, you know, Larson will run well there. Um, the 45 is a dangerous car. Um, interesting. There's uh what? Four Toyotas, two Chevys, two Fords left. Okay. So Ryan is the Penske Ford. And then the 17 Busher is, is the RFK Ford. And they have shown a lot of speed in the last month or two, but it should be interesting now at this type of track, you know, what do they show up with? Um, really really excited for saturday's practice to get this playoffs going because it really be interesting to see what everybody brings to the table on on the first practice um and uh you know where uh where ryan can go from here uh the sky's the limit we've you know if you want to go back and listen to uh some encouraging words i i posted a tiktok and uh then we put it on some of the social media stuff uh from chris uh conklin's interview from last week uh he says we're going to win this thing and uh, you got to have that kind of confidence. You got to have that kind of feel. Uh, Ryan at the end of the race said something to the extent of the radio about let's let's have some fun, you know. So I, you know, I'm excited already for this playoffs. I'm just pumped. Can't wait to so, get it going. So that's where the point standings shake out right now. Again, Ryan Blaney is in the eighth position in the round of eight, minus ten to the cut line. So a little bit of work to do. I want to wrap up some things from the Roval, and that's going to involve the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. And then Steve and I are going to go through kind of a quick preview of the round of eight, go through each track, talk about Ryan's stats and what the outlook might be for the 12 team. So um, let's take a look at my fantasy lineup as it we went into the Roval. And I have to say, I'm pretty disappointed because I only had one driver that underperformed this week, and I got three out of the four featured matchups, and I still finished 29th. So um, I think there's just with the chaos, uh, like my wife finished in the top five, I know, and none of her drivers finished like in the top five or top 10, but because the way they the strategies were split and people were getting stage points early, she was even confused as to how she did so well. So 
I started Tyler Reddick. He uh, got the most points on the day at 48 points. Uh, Daniel Suarez, under four, unfortunately, had a bad pit stop, got stuck in the back, and then uh, played pinball the rest of the day. Only got nine points. Kyle Busch got me 38 points. Almondinger, the winner, actually ranked third in points earned with 41. Chase Elliott was second in points earned, so he got me 42 points. I had Michael McDowell in the garage and left him there. He had some struggles with power steering and then some accidents a little bit later on. Uh, featured matchups, I picked Kyle Busch over Chastain. That was right. I picked Heather Reddick over Larson. That was right. I picked Bubba Wallace over Keselowski. That was right. The only one I got wrong here was I picked Ryan Blaney over William Byron. So in total, I ended up with 208 points earned in a 29th position in points earned for the week at the Roval. But like I was saying, man, you know, three out of my almost like four out of my five drivers were 40 plus points earned and and more. And I get three out of the four featured matchups and I'm 29th. That's frustrating, but uh, Hey, that's fantasy racing, right? (laughs) What did, uh, what did your lineup look like? You know, it's interesting. I had, I had Bubba who was uh, 34 points, Tyler Reddick, 48 points, the top point getter. I had Christopher Bell, 37 points, Chase Elliott with 42 points. He was the second best point getter. And then I had Denny Hamlin, um, and his thing happens in the third, third stage, so I can't swap him. It's too late. Uh, William Byron was in the garage, which would have been 35 points. So there's a 26-point difference in my garage, unfortunately. That's probably where my most of my problems come, because I had, um, I had, I had Chastain over Bush, so I lost that one. But then I had Tyler over Kyle. I had Bubba over Brad, and I had William over Ryan. I, I kind of thought William would have that kind of day, and he did. Um, so I did get 30 points out of that matchup, but there's 26 points out there that, man, if I'd have had them, I'd have jumped right into that top 10 or close to it. Yeah. So unfortunately, you ended up tied uh, with uh, Joe Lopez one in the 42nd position with 199 points earned. Again, I was 29th with 208 points earned at the Roval. And let's take a look at that top 10 in 10th, Angie 12, 2,300, or sorry, 231 points in ninth racing girl, 12, 232 in eighth, the Buckeye bullet, 233 in seventh, cool guy, 2k, 235 in fourth. We have a three-way tie with Blaney's Daisy, the nutty gamer, and Blaniac 10 with 236 points earned. Then we have a tie for second with JD Racing and Rogers T with 238 points earned. And in the first position, wow. winning the weekend at the Roval, Bears Motor Club, 246 points. So congratulations your wife, to them. Your wife, your wife got all four of the matchups right. She got the matchups she right. Had then, the yeah. first, she, she had the first the second, the fifth, the sixth, and the ninth ranked uh, point getters. And none of them were really like super high finishers in the race either, which is crazy, but hey, it worked. (laughs) Yeah, they had had a lot of good stage points in there. So good job, Alterra. So let's take a look at the playoff standings. It does look like your team has slipped a little bit to the 14th position, Mez 12, 1,161. In 10th, we have Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing making a charge here at the end, 1,177. In 9th, Go Larson, 1,187. In 8th, I've slipped a little bit here, Team Blaney host Adam, 1,188. In 7th, JD Racing with 1,200 points. In sixth, the Nutty Gamer, 1,203. Fifth, Moose Hunter, 1960, 1,205. Fourth, Blaney's Daisy, 1,208. Third is Blaring Idiots, 1,212. Second, Rogers T climbing the lineup here, 1,222 points. 
And out to uh, almost a 30-point lead or so in first position, Fike 21, 1,251 points. Again, congratulations to you guys. Um, I, I always say that you know I do a little bit better in the playoffs, so I'm happy to be in the top 10. But it means nothing because the only points we really care about, because <laughs> we do it Winston Cup style here in the Team Blaney and Escort Fantasy Live League, and that is the overall standing. So this is points that have been earned all throughout the season. And taking a look here, I'll scroll down. 33rd position is where I'm at, so I think I have moved up at least one position this week. Team Blaney host Adam, 5,797 points. Your team is in the 15th position, Mez 12, 6,012 points. Now let's take a look at the top 10 overall point standings. Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Go 12, go. 6,072 points in 10th. Tie for 8th here. JD Racing and Alyssa C, 6,101. 7th, Eric D15, 6,146. Penske Fan 24 is in the 6th position, 6,154. Fike 21 is in 5th with 6,182. And 4th is Blaring Idiot, 6,192. 3rd is Go Larson, 6,215. Factory of Sadness 6 still hasn't gotten back to the top spot, holding down 2nd, 6,228. And the leader the past few weeks has been Blaney's Daisy in the 1st position, 6,345 points overall. And that brings us to the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs Round of 12, kicking off this weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Saturday, round, October 4th. Round, sorry, round of eight. Sorry, gosh. We're go. done with 12. Um, and it was the round of 12 with Ryan winning, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs, round of eight. Saturday, October 14th, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. You can watch the NASCAR Cup Series practice and qualifying at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time, followed by the NASCAR Xfinity Series ALSCO Uniforms 302. 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Both of those events are going to be on the USA Network, and I believe you can also watch on the NBC Sports app. Sunday, October 15, the big race, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR Cup Series South Point 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, NBC. And I've said it every single week, last few weeks, the rest of the way on NBC as far as the Cup Series races go the rest of the year. So, Steve, round of eight. In the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs, we have Las Vegas, we have Homestead, and then we have Martinsville Speedway. Um, Ryan Blaney going into this round. I think the they threw up a nice graphic on NBC in the post-race show. He had like an average finish of around 12th or so on the, on the next three tracks. So as compared to all the other drivers in the round of eight, he ranked second. An average finish at the next three tracks. I joked that I think it's really his Martinsville stats that are bringing that average finish up. Uh, but let's yeah. take a look at this this first race here and where Ryan stacks up. Las Vegas Motor Speedway in his career, Ryan Blaney has made 14 starts. He has an average start of 11.3, average finish of 12.4. So that includes eight top tens, five top fives. Uh, one DNF. So it runs really, really well at this track all the way throughout his career. Unfortunately, last three races there, 36th, 28th, 13th. So those are all in the next gen car. One of those races was a crash. Uh, I'm not sure. I forget. Yeah. I think even the the second race, uh, the fall race last year was also a crash, but they, they mm-hmm. kept going on there just a few laps down at the end of that thing. And then earlier there in the spring, Started third, finished 13th. So it was kind of an average day. Um, mm-hmm. Going into this round of the playoffs, 
you can't really be average anymore. I think you have to finish top 10 pretty much every single race unless everybody else has some catastrophic races. Yeah. The next week or two, when we talk about the upcoming race, um, if we look back at last year, because same thing, we're in the round of late last year, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, not that we want to rehash things, but there were an incident that, that happened this in Vegas last year where it was probably a top five finish, maybe better. And then uh, we do know who won Vegas last year, and it, it was a Penske car. So um, that's all we're looking for this week is, a, you know, a lot of points in the stages. Get that thing up in the top five, run up there all day, have a chance to win. Um, and, and I don't care. I think if they duplicate the duplicate what uh, Joey did last year, that'd be beautiful. Let's just go ahead and win Vegas and get it over with. That would be best case scenario. Uh, so again, in last uh, the last two races there at Las Vegas, Ryan's qualified fourth and third. So they have the speed to start up front. They just have to execute the rest of the way through these races. As you mentioned, Joey went on to win that race, went on to win the championship. Uh, Ryan probably had a top five before he had that issue and ended up kind of with a torn up race car at the end of that race last fall. Um, average finish again, 12.4. That's That's good. Like I said, I don't think you can be average in this round, especially when you're racing against guys like William Byron, who've been finishing great all year. Denny Hamlin, you know, he's had a couple uh, spots of trouble in these playoffs, but has also won races recent, recently. Who knows what Martin Trax Jr. is going to do? No finishes in the top 15 so far in the playoffs, but that regular season championship has been carrying him through these rounds. And these are also kind of races that the 19 car has an opportunity to run really well at. Um, so you're running against some really, really good guys. I mean, these are the eight best drivers in the NASCAR Cup Series, so it's not going to be easy to advance on you have to be almost perfect here's going to be the, the the interesting part to watch each week in the next three weeks and and that is stage points okay so every week there's 20 stage points out there okay and now we're down to only eight cars in the playoffs okay do all eight guys finish in the stage points every stage you know in the next three races not necessarily and there are other guys who are going to get in there and 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 maybe win a stage or other guys are going to finish third or fourth or fifth within that stage. And, you know, Ryan, let's say if Ryan finishes second or first in the stage, that could be 19 points in, in you know, on Sunday. And then a guy like, uh, let's say like Truex or, or Busher finishes eighth and then doesn't get any stage points in the second stage. And all of a sudden you've made 17 points up on that guy you know, within the stages before you even get to the finishing results. So real interesting to watch, you know, the, the playoff guys are not going to finish one through eight at the end of each stage and one through eight at the end of this race. And how many guys are in between there breaking that up and making uh, you know, a guy, you know, you get a 15th place finish, uh, whereas you finish third or fourth, all of a sudden, like I said, you flipped 11 or 12 points on a guy, you know, at the end of a race and then you get stage points and two or three guys don't get stage points and you've all of a sudden flipped five or six or seven points on those guys. So, um, being up near the front, having the right strategy call, you know, if the green, uh, the, the races stay green, especially these next two weeks stay green in the first two stages, you're going to see, uh, you know, one pit stop in the middle of the stage, hopefully a good green flag stop. You get to the end of the stage and, and like I said, stay within that top four or five of each stage and get all those points. So that's going to be, you know, really want to look for an execution. You do that in the first two weeks and the third week, you might be cruising. 
you might be, well, it doesn't matter who wins. You're going to be that fourth guy, you know? So we mentioned it a little bit ago. Again, Ryan Blaney minus 10 to the cut line. So it's really, really tight when it goes from, or from uh, like that fourth position all the way down to eight. So Ryan might be starting in the last position in this round of eight, but it's still really, really close between all these guys. So from Las Vegas Motor Speedway, we move on to one of my favorite tracks on the circuit, and that is down here in Florida, Homestead, Miami Speedway, mile and a half track, but it's kind of unique compared to any of the other mile and a halfs on the circuit. Nice banking, more of a true traditional oval. Doesn't have that tri-oval, so uh, pretty cool track down here. And for Ryan Blaney, eight starts at Homestead. You only go there once a year, so it doesn't have as big of a breadth of a career there. Uh, one top 10, one top five, average start of 10.6, average finish 18.6. Um, he, quite honestly, has run much better there than his finishes maybe show. Um, he has one top five. So that one top five, one top 10 is just one race and happened in 2020 when he started 11th and finished third. His other finishes, though, 17th, 26th, 29th, 17th, 29th, 17th. Uh, lots of 29s, lots of 17s, and I hope that, uh, that he's going to break that trend for sure. Last year in this race, again, you don't want to keep bringing up the negative things, but he did have kind of two back-to-back bad races in this round that kind of stopped them from getting to the championship four in Phoenix and running top five, coming off a of pit road, probably the last pit stop of the day, and he has an issue with this next-gen car. They changed the shifters in this car last year, and instead of... Um, shifting up or sh- instead of shifting up or down. How did that go? He went oh, the wrong yeah. direction. Yeah. yeah, he went the wrong. He was trying to do an upshift and he went and did a downshift. And, and spun, uh, spun the and car spun out uh, on the uh, access road coming off pit road. So yeah, yeah, lost all his track position. Um, luckily, was able to continue on. He finished seventeenth. Uh, he's he's lucky because usually when guys do that, they tank the engine and have a lot more trouble than he was. So there was still a glimmer of hope of maybe something happening and him getting back up there, but you know, that Las Vegas finish and then this mistake on pit road really, really put them in a tough position when they went to Martinsville last year. So um, I am encouraged by the way they ran last year in the next gen car. This is a different mile and a half track, you know, so maybe they haven't had the speed that they had last year on mile and a half, but I think this one is different enough. You know, it's a high wear track that Mm -hmm. it might play into their hands a little bit more than maybe you know texas or some of the other places they've been this year that they're even las vegas earlier this year so this um, is um this is the tyler reddick uh kyle larson track uh this is the once they establish the high line you're going to see those two guys up on the wall uh the rest of the race you know so get your popcorn see how many times they hit it you know Yeah. So what, uh, what do you think? What do you think the outlook, like I said, I, I almost feel like this was kind of a grim description where I'm, you know, realizing how bad, how at bad, or I can't even say average. Some of the finishes have been averages, but average, but you know, he's had some really difficult yeah. runs at this track in the past. Well, the last time they ran there, it was really going really well. It was a top five car when, when that happened. So, um, once again, you know, it, these are things we're going to talk about because they're the most recent things that have happened there in the last year, but, they were running really well. And, um, you know, right now that's all you can do is just, you know, duplicate those kind of things, get yourself up there, run real well and, uh, you know, minimize it. They learn from experience. You know, that's another thing. Uh, everybody's had experiences 
And now we're going to learn from them and we're going to, you know, unfinished business coming up here. So that third place finish in 2020 worth mentioning, he led 70 laps in that race. So that was in the previous generation car. So you can't really compare it too much, but he does have some experience leading a race at Homestead. Hmm. So we go from a track that uh, statistically is one of his worst, probably on the schedule in the third race in this round of eight in the NASCAR cup series playoffs, the penultimate race of the season, the cutoff race before the championship four head to Phoenix. And we're headed to Martinsville speedway and folks, I may have sounded a little bit sad, depressed in that last description of a track. We're going to Martinsville and it's time for Ryan Blaney to win a clock. 15 starts at this short track in Virginia out of those 15 starts, nine top tens, seven top fives, an average start of 9.3 average finish of 9.5. I was talking to Steve before we started recording. He only has four finishes out of those 15 starts in his career that were worse than 11th place. So this statistically one of Ryan Blaney's best tracks on the the number of, the number of laps led there is amazing. Um, and they have been out front and dominated the race for, you know, sometimes half of a race, um, just never got to close it out. I think there was one, one year, I think it was, was it Boyer? I think one of Boyer's last, last wins was there. And that was, that was a, you know, Ryan led about half the laps, but Boyer came out later in the race, you know, so just, you know, that's just it. Just a nice consistent race. Get yourself starting up front, stay out front. And, uh, do all the things that, you know, right. That you need to do on the day. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, I'd love to get to that point, not that race and not have to worry about any kind of point situation. But, uh, if there's one place where, you know, he's going to get some points that that's the place. Yeah. So this is obviously the site last year where the, the hail melon happened, Ross chest Chastain's move. It's worth, worth mentioning, you know, Ryan just fell like a handful of points away, even with his problems at Las Vegas and Homestead from advancing into the next round of the playoffs. He finished third in that race last year. So they did everything they possibly could except for win this race to, to advance the championship four. They fell just short. And um, man, I, I know you to, like to tell to, a, a story, yeah, put, right? Th- yeah. Yeah, this is the thing. Let's put a bow on this. Okay. Um, what we figured out from last year, roughly figured out it was 15 to 20 point difference that Ryan would have had if he had gotten top five finishes at the two previous races, not just, you know, won them, but let's just say top five conservatively. And he was in position for that. For those, right. It's um, not a stretch. The hail melon never happens because he would have not been within any kind of points of anybody. Ryan would have been the guy and he would have never been able to get to him. And I wish that really wish that would have happened because that would have made Phoenix even more interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, they've outlawed it since then too. So we won't see that this, this year. Um, and hopefully we don't have to worry about anything, any kind of hail, anything, uh, come that Saturday or Sunday, um, which we'll be at, this will be a, that's uh, true team Blaney, uh, all hands on deck at Martinsville. We're going to make sure he makes the final four by being there. And, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm looking forward it. to we're, it. We're going to enjoy it. some hot dogs and hopefully we can we can uh, cheers some hot dogs <laughs> to, 
to them advancing to mm-hmm. the championship for Phoenix. But yeah, my, it'll be our first time, our first time, not your first time. Uh, my wife and I's first time at Martinsville Speedway. So definitely looking forward to that. Looking forward to a strong run by that 12 team. Cause man, I mean, we all know what happened at Phoenix last year. If he could just get over that hump and get there into the championship for Ryan Blaney is one of the best drivers in uh, the recent in recent history at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, this is so worth mentioning. This is Ryan Blaney's fifth time in the round of eight in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs, but he's never advanced to the championship four. And um, it's we I think we talked a little bit last week about how weird this season is compared to last year, where super consistent, ran up front, got tons of stage points, won tons of stages last year, just never got to victory lane. This year. It's been more of a roller coaster season, but they have two wins and they're basically sitting in the same position as they were a season mm-hmm. ago. So it's just, mm-hmm. just weird how, you know, you, yeah. you can think like maybe this year didn't go as planned, but actually, you know, two victories and still in the round of eight, still only 10 points, you know, below the cut line going into this round. I think, you know, he might even be in a, in a better position than he was last year. I can't remember exactly where he was. I'm sure I have some screen grabs of your mm-hmm. playoff uh, points, big board that we were using along the way last year so um again round of eight glad the 12 teams in it as you said they got some unfinished business um we've had you know some folks from the team share that you know they think they are really optimistic about what they can do in this round and what they can do if they can get to phoenix but it all kicks off again this weekend las vegas motor speedway you can watch practice and qualifying 12 30 p.m eastern time on the USA network, then you can watch the race itself 2 30 PM Eastern time, the NASCAR cup series, South point 400 at Las Vegas motor speedway on NBC. Well, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode of the team Blaney podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and X at team Blaney and on Instagram and TikTok at team dot Blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney family foundation established in 2018. This organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's association and UPMC sports medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in the Blaney Bunch fan club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on any of their very active social media channels. Now, speaking of the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation, it is October, and that is when the Alzheimer's Association holds their annual walk to end Alzheimer's, at least around this time of year. Uh, We've already had the one up in the Mahoning Valley where the Blaney family uh, was from originally. Um, That one's already been held. So thank you to everybody that helped support that one. But there is another one set for Charlotte on October 21st. And there's still time. If you're in that area, if you're going to be in that area to sign up and join the walk, you can also just pop in there and donate. You can join the team Blaney. Now this is the a, a team Blaney, not necessarily us, but <laughs> one that the Blaney family has set up for that walk specifically. So if you go to act.alz.org, if you go to that website, if you click on the button that says, find my local walk, and then on there, it'll let you search. If you search for Blaney and then click search, you'll go to a page where you can see uh, that Blaney, that team Blaney group for that walk. You can go in there, you can join the group, 
you can start pledging money for that walk, uh, raise some some money and some awareness for the Alzheimer's Association. This is one of the big events that the, the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation likes to support every year. They've kind of focused this year more on supporting the Alzheimer's Association. So that's been really cool. So October 21st in Charlotte, that's when that walk is going to happen. So you still have an opportunity to help support uh, those guys and support that team and a cause that's deeply, deeply important to the Blaney family for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we do want to wish our uh, condolences to, um, to, uh, Shannon McMinnemy, whose uh, husband uh, passed this weekend. He was, uh, he was battling cancer and, uh, she's a friend of the pod. Um, we've, uh, we've met before and big, 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 big Blaney fan who traveled all the way from the Pacific Northwest to go to races and to uh, go to charity events and so forth. And, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers here, uh, with the team Blaney family are with you and, uh, your family and, uh, you know, our condolences absolutely shannon we are thinking about you so for my co-host steve mez i'm adam rogers we'll catch you next time right here on the team blaney podcast good night brussels check out the tiktok well thanks everybody for coming hope you enjoyed it